The outdoor track season may be starting, but on this week's show, we focus on the roads and on the grass. The top university cross-country runners in the world faced off last weekend in Switzerland in the FISU Championship, and we chatted with Sergio Reyes Villanuevo, a McMaster marauder who made the team and was the second Canadian male across the finish line. Also, last weekend saw the spring runoff happen in Toronto, with some of our best runners battling it out over a hilly 8km road course. The women's winner and current Canadian marathon champion, Leslie Sexton, joins us to talk about battling back from a lull, training, and a lot more. You're listening to The Terminal Mile, at The Terminal Mile on Twitter and Instagram, a Tracky Radio production. Sergio Reyes Villanuevo is a runner who's shown a ton of promise over the last few years, running 30 flat in the 10,000 as a junior, making the world junior team off that effort, and since going on to do some spectacular things both on and off the track. Last weekend, he was in Switzerland representing Team Canada in the FISU cross-country meet, and we caught up with him when he arrived back home. FISU cross-country was just this past, uh, this past, or sorry, last weekend. Um, talk to me about that race. How did it go, and uh, you know what were your plans going in? Uh, well, I'm not going to lie. It was, uh, <laughs> it was pretty tough. Um, it was a lot warmer than we expected, to be quite honest, and well, I, I don't know if you know, you probably know that we had a lot of log jumping to do in there as well. <laughs> and I guess the way they set it up, it's a bunch of laps, and, you know, those logs add up as the laps keep going by. But I think overall I was pretty happy, especially considering that it's a, it's a strange time to be doing cross. Um, like especially, like, I did U sports, and, you know, I was doing the longer stuff in U sports. The, the longer stuff in U sports is you know, 3,000 meters, <laughs> nothing close to a 10K. So literally that that race finished and I hopped in back to grass running and just trying to get the mileage up again even more. And considering that and, you know, the quick the quick transition back into cross mode, I think I was pretty satisfied with that race. Well, you know, there, there's a lot to take out of your answer there, but let's start here first. I mean, you were actually born in Peru and stuff. So this was warm for you? Switzerland was warm for you? Well, I won't technically no. <laughs> I what I meant what I meant was it was warmer than what cross country weather usually feels like here in Canada. How about that? Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> uh but no, like I mean I was I was pretty happy. Um uh, but like what I'm trying to say is I'm probably knowing that I'm from Peru, yeah, like it it wasn't warm. Like I was pretty happy but I'm probably already used to a milder weather and stuff like that. And I know some of the Canadian guys also had a rough time with it. So I'm sure it must have affected me in some way or another, but we got it done. So, I mean, you mentioned the, the logs and stuff, and I think we all saw on, on Instagram that sort of stuff. Do you, what do you make of, you know, that, that style of cross-country running? Uh, you know, obviously, steeplechase is kind of known as the, as the uh, cross-country on the track, and you actually did some steeplechases uh, yourself at, at an earlier time in your career. You know, what was the adaptation like, and was it a complete surprise to see those logs on the course? Um, I mean, I... <laughs> I like I like the jumping in a in a race per se. I did do yeah I did do steeple back in the day, uh, <laughs> back in high school for Opsa and stuff like that. Um, having said that, like I know I know as the as the laps progressed and all that, the logs are like a they're a barrier, right? And then you you go you're in the rhythm, and then you got to jump over this thing and you know you accelerate and accelerate again. 
and then that takes chunk out of you in terms of energy expenditure and I know like maybe I didn't feel it at the moment but I know that probably psychologically or as the race progressed it must have slowly slowly kind of crept in especially considering like for track it's uh, even terrain so it's easier per se to kind of get back into the rhythm after a jump but on cross you got a bumpy you know softer ground terrain so after a jump you slow that down and it takes in my opinion that much more to kind of progress and get back into that rhythm especially if you got laps and you do it again and again and again i feel like that would have cost some energy for sure you know you you mentioned um and i think we all know that, that this was in april this year which means that you know everyone on the team got to go to U sports this year and you know, partake in a full indoor season, which isn't always the case with, with Fisu Cross. Uh, and, you know, also, as you mentioned, you, you ran 1500s and 3000s. Uh, you know, what? how did you ease yourself into that 10K race? You know, what were some workouts that you did between the beginning of March and that Fisu race? Um, so as soon as U Sports was on, I I got back into my grass running. Well, one thing I did back in cross season in November and stuff like that, um, I would just run on grass. So I would find this park and then just do loops on the park for, you know, an hour or whatever it was, or even long runs, 90 minutes when the time came. Um, so as soon as you sports ended, that's pretty much where I started doing for off day runs. And then workout wise, same thing. We just got in the park and I mean, usually it was just me and maybe one other guy that wanted to help me out on grass, but, uh, just loops in the park and mostly miniatures per se, um, maybe ladders, a uh, little tempos in there, but always just focusing on the grass terrain because I know that's something that benefited me uh, greatly last uh, last cross country season. So we just figured we, we would try that again for this quick transition into cross right after U Sports. You know, I have it on on pretty good authority that uh, yes, you did a lot of grass running, but you also ran on probably some of the hilliest terrain uh, in in Hamilton, and, and some of the guys on the team, uh, you know, were a little bit hesitant to go uh, for runs with you. Is this true? <laughs> yeah, it is true. <laughs> some of the guys did; uh, they definitely didn't know. Like they understood and they helped me out. They came with me, kind of thing. But I knew deep inside they were like, man. <laughs> did not want to be doing this right now but you know i'm very very happy for my team and the support but because that was definitely always helpful <laughs> you know you're, you're a guy with uh quite a few nicknames uh i've heard you know tossed around the track you know uh the peruvian prince the peruvian prefontaine all the all those sorts of things they they all seem to kind of tie back to uh you know your early roots uh growing up in in peru how did you get from there to canada you know what's the story there oh um well, I mean, that was so. I've been in Canada for eight, 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 nine years now. Hmm. Um, to be honest, I like all I remember. I was a tennis player back then, and my parents applied for you know like the the resident visa. <clears throat> um, so I guess we. I mean, I was too young to really know what was going on, but I guess we were always looking to just kind of get out from the country or get away from the country, or. Not, not get away, but just move out to somewhere else kind of thing. And when we received the news that uh, we got the Canadian resident visa, my parents were like, all right, we're going. And, you know, I was, what, 11, 12 at that point. I was like, all right, sure, why not? <laughs> Little did I know it was going to be such a big change up in terms of weather and just the language and stuff. I guess, yeah, I, I didn't really think too much on it. I just kind of hopped on the plane, but... But, you know, I'm grateful because, you know, I probably wouldn't be the runner that I am today had I not moved here to Canada and 
discovered running because back in Peru, I was just a tennis player, really. You know, you've uh, you've made a bunch of uh, of national teams, uh, including a world junior team, uh, FISU. You t- represented Team Ontario. Um, you know, so obviously, like, is it safe safe to say you know you call Canada your home now? Oh no, yes, for sure. I am a I'm a proud Canadian. Uh, I still remember when I finally. Uh, I don't know how much you know, but you got to wait five years. I think it is to. When, when you're a resident, you've got to wait five years to become a citizen and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, I couldn't, I don't know if you know, but the first like international event that I did was in Edmonton uh, for the Pan Am Juniors maybe five, six years ago. And back then I couldn't actually run for Canada just because I wasn't a Canadian citizen and you're not allowed to represent the team. Uh, so I actually ran as Peru. Um, but then I got the Canadian citizenship and, you know, the rest is history. And I still remember particular day of about two three years ago when we went uh you gotta go into like uh, a judge and you gotta like make a note for canada and i just remember being all smiley and happy because you know i'm a canada has been very welcoming to me and my family and i'm more than grateful and again i like i said i probably wouldn't be the runner and the athlete that i am today had i not moved into canada and received all the support that i have received so yeah you know um I I think that you might be one of my favorite runners to watch just because for those who haven't seen you before, you know, you go right from the start, you know, it's take no prisoners. It's no hiding behind other people. It's going straight to the front and running the pace that you know that you can. Where's that come from? I mean, like, where's, where's that kind of strategy? How did that develop? (laughs) Um, and it's funny you mentioned that because I've, I've had many um, discussions per se with my like teammates and coaches, and you know sometimes <laughs> sometimes doing that is not the smartest thing in the play to do, in my opinion. <laughs> but uh, I mean, it, it has worked at times. Uh, you, and youth sports has definitely helped me out. Um, I think I wouldn't call it. I wouldn't say that I'm impatient, but uh, I I would say that. You know, I, I, I'm not a fan of tactical races, and, you know, as you know, in a lot of long distance, especially on the track, uh, a lot of times in men's races, um, nobody really wants to take the lead, and the pace is super slow, and then the the race is just a little turtle, turtle speed until, like, two laps to go, and then it just turns out into a full-out sprint. I don't know. I feel like we we race against the clock not against people yes we do race with people but at the end of the day you want to improve your times you want to try your best and if you if you're just in a sit and kick race and really you don't really experience i don't know that that desire to push forward and i don't know i'm i'm just saying a lot of things here but i feel <laughs> that that may be a that may be a reason why i kind of just you know jump out of the gun and push on from the very beginning uh i do like to be i mean i'm 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 not a fan of leading but it turns out that most of the races that i do i end up leading them for my benefit or for my disgrace so who knows but uh i definitely feel more comfortable being you know in the in the front pack per se rather than kind of being a little too far behind and not knowing when the pace will you know change up and if i can respond in time whereas if you're in the front in my opinion you can be a little more secure if, if that change of pace happens and stuff like that. You know, uh, this past summer, I saw you run quite a few, you know, 1500s in that sort of race. Uh, from what I heard, you're kind of 
focusing on your speed and stuff. Can we expect to to see you back in the in the five thousands and ten thousands this summer? Uh, I I really think so. I'm you know I'm I'm taking that week off today just right after Fisu, but um, I'm already eager to be quite honest. I'm getting jumpy just thinking about it. Um, <laughs> I definitely do love the long distances and and yeah, like I already have some at least for now road races planned. You know. Uh, especially 10K at the moment, and I'm sure I'll hop on the track for some 5,000 and 10,000 meter races. I'm debating, and maybe we'll do the. I'm aiming to do like the London 10K and the uh, FRAOs, and then for Nats at uh, Guelph coming up as well for the 10,000 meter. I'm really looking forward to that. I two years ago at AOs for London, I hit a uh, 30.0001 <laughs> for a 10,000 meter and. That that's been bugging me ever since. I'm, yeah, I get angsty just thinking about it. So <laughs> it'd be fun to go and try to beat that time. Oh, I, you know, I remember that race well. There's uh, there's a lot of juniors who hit some really really great times that that night on the track. Do you you know? Do you have any times in mind that that you really want to take down? Like, do you have any goals right now? Um, so I mean, in this uh, off week, I've I guess I've been thinking a bit about my. My goals for this summer coming up, um, well, definitely just try to break my times for the 5,000 to 10,000 meter. Um, would be nice. I mean, there's no teams per se to make for this summer. So, I mean, talking to Paula, my coach, uh, we just said we'll hop on some road races and some uh, track races, longer, longer race, again, 5,000, 10,000 meter, and just, you know, stay healthy, try to break some times. I, I would love to break some PVs. That would be that for sure will be the goal, and then uh, just get ready and fit for cross later on. Well, you know, I hope to see some of those PBs go down uh, this summer. Hopefully, at the at the London series, that might be a little bit selfish, but I, I hope you to see you do that there. And uh, that was some great racing that you did in Switzerland, uh, you know, just this past weekend. And thanks a lot for being on the show, Sergio. Oh no! Thank you so much for having me. And I've, yeah, I mean, London for sure. I <laughs> I hope I can break some times there too. <laughs> Leslie Sexton is one of Canada's best roadrunners right now, winning last year's Marathon National Championship and carving out her spot in the running consciousness every chance she can get in a mix of strong race tactics, guts, and strength. Leslie won the race roster spring runoff 8K last weekend in Toronto, and we caught up with her earlier this week. So big race for you this past weekend, uh, winning the race roster uh, 8K. I... I mean, what were your expectations going into that race, and, and did you really hit them? Um, I'll admit they sort of changed uh, race week. I I was having a, a pretty good last few weeks before the race. Um, unfortunately, I got sick uh, about Thursday and was was feeling kind of crappy, but runs were still going okay. So I uh, heading in, I, I just decided it like I wasn't, maybe wasn't at a hundred percent and I was uh, going to be running on a hilly course anyway. So really it was just about getting a hard effort in um, and uh, contending for the win. Uh, yeah. And I, I did that. I thought I, I ran well. Uh, the, the cold wasn't uh, too much of a factor. I don't think it slowed me down that much. So yeah, I was really happy with the result there. You know, I, I was talking to, uh, to Steve who, uh, you know, Steve is, I, I don't know that I want to call him, your coach, but I mean, like he oversees all your training. I, I, how would you, how would you describe Steve? 
Um, yeah, well, I mean, I call my coach. We, what we really have is, uh, like, I, I think it's just a really good coach-athlete partnership because um, I've been I've been also uh, learning a lot, both, um, like, about running and coaching from him, um, and I, I get to ask him a lot of questions and learn a lot of things about uh, distance running training. So we're at, we're at the point now where... Uh, a lot of times we'll sit down and plan out, plan out a training block together. So it's not necessarily him just sending me stuff. Um, there's a lot of feedback uh, kind of going back and forth. So, um, yeah, absolutely. I'd still call him my coach. And I, I think um, for me, I, I need a coach. And, I, and uh, having a coach is important because um, sometimes he's uh, – He's able to um, help me make some tough decisions and uh, just take a lot of the subjectivity out of it. So, um, yeah, I, I describe him that way. And I, I yeah, I, but I think it's been a, a really good partnership that's sort of evolved over the years. So, uh, you know, anyways, he, he was telling me that, um, you know, you're going in with, with kind of uh, low expectations or, or almost no expectations. Uh, nothing more than you know hard effort as you're saying do you find like mentally you are in the best shape going into a race when you're kind of in that zone yeah and it's uh it's something um kind of going back like over the past year it's something that I've um been just focusing on a lot since uh I I hurt I hurt my ankle really bad uh just over a year ago and I found as I was coming back um I couldn't think about splits too much because I was running slower all the time. Um, so as I was getting back into shape, always the main thing I tried to do in workouts and races was just, uh, like run at the right effort. And I still check splits. Like it's partly just for my own, my own interest and, uh, and getting that feedback. But, uh, yeah, when I go into a race, it's often, um, I, I just want to race hard and, uh, show, my fitness, uh, in the race. And if I've, I've done that, usually the, the pace and the result, uh, kind of takes care of itself. You know, I, I'm glad that you mentioned that, uh, that, you know, you had that injury last year. Um, because what you didn't mention is that you're actually the reigning Canadian, uh, marathon champion as, as well too. What, what was that transition like to go from, you know, not being able to run at all for, if I remember correctly, months and months at a time to slowly working your way back to getting to that level where you, uh, you know, can call yourself the Canadian marathon champion. Yeah, it was, um, it, it was tough. Like I was off for four months, uh, basically no running, um, and, and in the process, I was kind of re- first resting because um, I was on crutches for about the first month. Uh, it, was, it was just a really bad ankle sprain. Um, and, yeah, off for four months, and part of that was uh, just getting strength back so that, that I would be able to run eventually. And, yeah, when I got back, like, I'd lost a fair bit of fitness and, and put on some weight, too. So, um, yeah, coming back, I, I really just had to – um, kind of keep, keep things in check, especially like keep the ego in check too, because I, 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 I knew like I'd, um, I'm, I'm always focused on, on data from, from like workouts and, uh, and, and training and races and that kind of thing. So, um, I really had to just let all that go for a while and, um, like not chase mileage, not chase fast paces and workouts because I, I wasn't there yet. I had, uh, 
uh, kind of a long way to go on that. But I, I think it, it did uh, sort of give me some perspective and, um, and help me, I think, take a, a better approach to racing in general. Cause even now when I'm fit, I feel like, um, I'm a little more relaxed going, going into races. I don't put as much pressure on myself. Um, just, just knowing like I'm, I'm going to go in, I'm going to, um, run to my fitness and, uh, try and get the best result I possibly can. But, um, yeah, not so much, uh, chasing a time because it's, uh, like it, it looks nice or I think I, um, need to do that to, uh, like make a team or, um, get funding or that kind of thing. It's, uh, it's more, I'm, I'm trying to get out of it what I want to get out of it and, uh, and have my best possible performance. So, um, yeah, like getting hurt, it, it really changed my, uh, my mental approach to the sport. I think it's been a good thing overall. Um, the kind of the transition back to, to hard training, it was, uh, I spent the, the spring, um, partly getting in shape, but also, um, trying to work on, on like 5k, 10k speed. I wasn't running all that fast, but, uh, I was, um, kind of going out there and, and getting the work in and getting fitter week to week. So, uh, by the time I got to the, the marathon build, we started about mid July. Um, and that's where I saw, I think the, the most progress uh, in terms of my fitness. I was, um, doing these marathon pace workouts and I, I felt like I was, uh, I was almost like dropping a, a second a kilometer every week. Um, so that process was really cool. Just, uh, um, seeing that I could, for one, seeing that I could handle that training again and handle that mileage. Um, and also that, that rapid rate of improvement really, uh, was a positive experience overall. So, you know, mentally that, that must've been kind of difficult coming back as, as well too. When did that really click for you? When did you know that, yeah, you know, you could drop a time that would be, you know, pretty close to your PB and could possibly win the women's race? Um, I'd say about, uh, probably September, um, things were coming together. Like, uh, before that I've been doing some, some, uh, a lot of workouts, but, um, the times just weren't, weren't there. They were probably good for me, um, like that day or that week. Uh, but yeah, I think it was, it was about September really things started clicking and I, and I find like that's, that's kind of when it happens anyway in a marathon build. Like, uh, sometimes you can spend August, it's, it's hot and, um, and the workouts are tough and you're kind of feeling a bit beat down from all the mileage. And, um, I, I find like if I'm five or six weeks out and, uh, and that, like, that's when things really, really start feeling good. And I start hitting, uh, the paces I want to be hitting. So it was, yeah, it, it was almost like, kind of your average marathon build, um, by that point, it's just the, the improvement up to there was, was a lot more dramatic. So, um, yeah, like in, in September I was running really good workouts and I, I uh, did East side 10 K and ran, uh, they, I, I thought the new course was a bit harder than the older one. I, I ran uh 34 flat there for a second. So I was, uh, happy with that result and, um, thought I could maybe, uh, get close to a PB on race day, but, um, we, we had definitely warmer weather than we had, uh, two years ago when I ran my best time in Toronto. So, um, had to pull back on the goal there, but yeah, same, same thing there. It was just, uh, like going in, I just thought, um, 
okay, like run my, my best race for these conditions. And, uh, I think, uh, in terms of like pacing and race execution, it went really well. So now that you have that, uh, that championship under your belt, has anything really changed as far as, you know, maybe publicity is gone or, or, you know, anything like that? Um, I'd say not, not too much. Like, um, definitely, well, I guess in the, I, I say not too much now, but, uh, thinking back, like, um, there, there was a lot just, uh, after the marathon, like, um, uh, the, the local, uh, the CBC London interviewed me and that was kind of cool, uh, going in there. Um, and, uh, I think I was on, yeah, it was on, uh, CTV news as well. So, for a while I was getting like random people in London saying like, Oh, I, I saw you on this thing or I heard you on the radio. So that was kind of cool. Like uh, a few times I'd be running and people like actually stop me in Springbank park and say like, Oh, it's you and ask me how my running's going. So um, yeah, like that was kind of cool. It was uh, good to see like um, running and uh, I guess uh, like, uh, me, a local runner, getting some coverage in, uh, like, a, outside kind of just the running media. Um, so, yeah, that was a really cool experience. I'd say, like, now it's pretty much uh, back to normal, I guess. Um, yeah, I'm not, uh, the the phones aren't ringing off the hook or anything like that. Um, but getting on the terminal mile, so <laughs> still doing pretty well for myself, I think. Well, to be fair, and, and I do want to put this out there, you were on the terminal mile, long before you were uh, you were a Canadian champion because we here at the Terminal Mile we are big on uh you know making making sure that we are the I don't think we can call ourselves the voice of the Canadian running community because I think there there might be another publication that that has a stamp on that but uh hey we we do our best over here Yeah you you can maybe say like the voice of the I don't know if it's like elite running community or competitive running community I don't know it's uh like you're you've uh um, it's more of a specific focus, I guess, than, uh, than say a publication that's trying to get every runner to read it. Fair enough. Fair enough. So, I mean, from, from there, uh, you know, from such a, such a great race, uh, there, you, you kind of had, you know, a kind of a nasty stretch from, you know, post-marathon to, to, you know, the, the race in, in High Park last week. Uh, you know, what kind of went on there and how, how do you get over those rough patches? Cause I really feel like, you know, every single runner goes through them and some are better at dealing with them than others. Yeah. Like, um, yeah, I had, uh, two DNFs in a row, which sucked. Um, I, yeah, I ran a Canadian cross, but had a, uh, I think like a, a stomach bug or something that morning. Um, looking back, I, like I threw up in the morning and I probably shouldn't have started, but, um, it's, I think it like, it's easy to like write that off as like, Oh, I'm just nervous or whatever. But I, I think I was actually kind of sick. Um, and yeah, then I, I tried to run, uh, the Houston half marathon in, in January and had a bit of like asthma and breathing issues going on. So, um, yeah, like part of that, I think like it's, it's a bit of bad luck or I guess like you, you can partly look at it as, uh, like just some whatever issues in the preparation. So I found those two like, uh, weren't, weren't like too hard to get past. Um, but yeah, I, I did 
fun. After that, um, training in, in January and a bit of February was, uh, was going a little bit rough. Um, so when I ran uh, Chile Half in March, I, I just had a really bad race. Like, I uh, can't really make excuses for it. It just uh, was, a, was, a tough, was a tough day, and I ran probably about the same as my marathon split in Toronto. So um, it was a disappointment. Like, I thought I was in better shape than that. But uh, for that, like, I, I knew um, kind of nothing was, was physically wrong. I wasn't, uh, like, hurt or overtrained. So um, I think really just, just getting back to it and uh, um, getting in some good training in the, the subsequent weeks or what uh, kind of made the difference. Um, yeah, I, I guess I have found with, with running, like, um, sometimes you can, you can have a rough patch in training and, and struggle a bit, but, um, if, if you're, you're healthy and everything, um, is going okay, like you could be just building the foundation for, um, maybe a later breakthrough or a, a bit of a jump in fitness. So, um, like I, I found it was, it was kind of like the, the same thing, like coming back from an injury, you can, you can work away and maybe things aren't, aren't feeling great or you're not hitting the splits you want, but, um, it's sometimes you don't, uh, like have improvements every week and it's not a, a, a gradual process. Sometimes you, um, you put in a lot of work and, don't have much to show for it at the start. And then a couple of weeks later you, you feel great and things are going well. So, um, I, I can't say really what made the difference like, um, in, in March versus, uh, like, uh, or sorry, early March versus April training. But yeah, it was really just, um, I had a bad race, but after that things, uh, really, really started going well in workouts. So I could, I could take a bit of confidence from that. And, and I, and I knew, knew I was fit heading into uh, spring runoff and, um, and having good workouts. So I was feeling a lot more confident and ready to go. Well, you seem, you seem pretty, uh, you seem pretty fit now. Uh, as you mentioned, I know talking with, with Steve in the past, it, it seems like you guys have, you know, a lot of your workouts kind of, you know, the, the blueprint of, of what your, what each build is going to look like like before going in. So I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, you're, you have your eyes on, on Montreal in a couple weeks, the half marathon there. What are a couple, you know, half marathon workouts that are in every single build? Um, yeah, the, the ones we like to do are, um, I, I guess, uh, closer to the race. We, we like to do ones like, uh, like four by, yeah, four by three K, uh, then progressing up to like five by three K and four by four K. Um, so we've, uh, for this one, we, we've actually kind of changed the plan a bit. Um, I've, I did a lot of tempo work, uh, over the course of kind of February and March. Um, so I, I know I'm good there. I have a, a lot of that work. So instead of doing some of those specific half workouts, um, kind of this week, and uh, in, in the past few weeks, I, I've I found the for me that the 10k type workouts have uh, have gone really well and have been a good confidence boost for me. So I think the uh, the one I'm going to do this week will be uh, more of a 10k focus, just to uh, to get the legs rolling and um, get the speed going a bit, and uh, we'll kind of see what happens in Montreal. 
Um, I'll be doing Montreal, and then uh, after that, it'll be uh, the the London 10,000 on May 13th, and then Ottawa 10K after that. So, um, yeah, we're also looking towards those and uh, looking to uh, progress that 10K a bit and get faster. You know, I want to touch uh, a little bit on your coaching because, uh, you know, you, you and Steve uh, do a lot of that together with the with the London Runner Distance Club. Um, it looks like you guys are, you know, kind of taking a step forward and uh, stretching your limits beyond uh, London. Maybe you can, you know, shine a little bit of a light on that. Um, yeah, so we uh, we started uh, online coaching a bit this year. Steve, was, Steve already had uh, probably a... Uh, a couple clients he was um either people in uh in london that just uh like couldn't make it to the workouts for whatever reason or uh people in other cities that he was sending workouts to so yeah we started um an online coaching business and uh the and a, a new website for that so it's uh endurance um, and in the in the next little bit we're looking to expand the website too so it's not just um, for online coaching, we're looking to, uh, kind of build it into like more of a community hub. Um, so at some point we'll have, uh, like, um, articles, blogs, like hopefully, uh, um, some coaching discussion and that sort of thing. And, um, and have all the, uh, the club and the track series info there. So, um, we're, we're hoping at some point it's going to be, uh, kind of a, a one-stop shop, I guess. Um, and, and have a, like a discussion board and that kind of thing on there so that, uh, we can, cause we, we've, uh, both of us have kind of done a lot of writing, whether it was, uh, like op-eds or, or blogs or whatever over the years. And we'd, we'd like to, um, kind of have a place to put all that and, um, hopefully share some knowledge and, uh, um, get some info out there, uh, as well as, uh, um, uh, kind of help the, the online coaching business too. You know, uh, Nate Brennan was, was on the episode last week and he uh, mentioned something about how, when he picked up, uh, coaching, it kind of, you know, widened his perspective on the sport and, and that sort of stuff. Uh, you know, can you've, you've been coaching for now for a while. Can you say pretty much the same thing? Yeah, definitely. It's, um, like I've, I've learned a lot, uh, um, not just about like training, coaching itself, but, um, for me, it's, uh, I think a lot of the reason why I've, um, I've spoken up about, um, like, like women in running and, uh, cross country distances and that sort of thing. Um, cause especially, uh, coaching, um, high school and elementary school athletes, I think, um, the way we coach them and the way we, we sort of treat them and our expectations of them, um, can shape, uh, like, a some of their, their beliefs and how they, how they act and how they train and that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, like it's, uh, it's, I've, I think I've, uh, like recognized kind of the, the importance of that. And, um, and, and I think, uh, that that's why it's, uh, it's good to, probably get some of that that information out there and um maybe put my opinion out there on on certain things because um i i want uh athletes and um and and girls especially to um kind of have the the same opportunities and the same 
um, kind of benefits and that sort of thing that, that I got to have out of the sport. You know, you, you mentioned, I guess, a, a lot about that. And, and as far as advocacy goes, do you, do you feel like that is what's almost kind of missing from, from the women's side of the sport is that self-advocacy and, and being able to just step up and, and say, you know, I have a spot here as well, too? Yeah, I think um, in in sport as well as uh, anything else, like I I think it's it's good for um, more women to uh, to have a seat at the table, so to speak. Um, in uh, in in coaching overall, w- women are certainly uh, underrepresented. Um, so I yeah, I'd love to see uh, more more women coaching um, as well as as more women. Uh, like having a say in um, kind of various things about the sport. So um, women who are decision makers, um, women uh, writing and talking about the sport and that kind of thing. Um, I know I realize we're, uh, we're better off um, probably than a lot of uh, team sports in terms of uh, like access to prize money and um, and opportunities to compete, but uh, that doesn't mean there's uh, we we still can't uh, do better and and improve on that. So uh, yeah, and 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 I think that's that's why it's important uh, that um, yeah women have have been speaking up on various things. Like I'm uh, I'm I'm happy to see uh, like Victoria Coates has been really outspoken on the. Um, the cross country distances and um, and uh, Lenny Marshall has uh, talked quite a bit about um, like how uh, how women are are perceived in sport and how we we talk about that. So um, yeah, it's uh, it's great to see those those women stepping up and uh, hopefully I can um, put my voice out there more and hopefully make a difference. Leslie Sexton is the champion from last week's spring runoff. Uh, she also is, is going for a marathon or for, sorry, for a half marathon in a couple of weeks in Montreal, but she is also the current Canadian marathon champion. Thanks a lot for being on the show this week, uh, Leslie. Thank you. Well, that wraps up another edition of the Terminal Mile. Big thanks to my guests this week, both Leslie and Sergio, as well as the Tracky for their ongoing support. If you want to find us online, you can do so at The Terminal Mile on both Twitter and Instagram. We're also on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, Google Play, and of course, tracky.ca. Thanks to you for listening. This has been The Terminal Mile, a Tracky Radio production.